You are listening to Payers, Providers, and Patients Oh My. I'm Joe Records. And I'm Pyle Nanavetti. Today's episode features leaders from Ascension who will discuss how Ascension's focus on health equity throughout its health system and in its advocacy efforts helps to address health disparities. This episode is part of our mini-series with Kroll Health Solutions, which is a strategic consulting firm that Kroll and Mooring launched earlier this year to help healthcare organizations and technology companies to transform healthcare by improving patient care and health outcomes, advancing health equity, and lowering healthcare costs through solutions like digital health innovations and value-based healthcare models. Ascension is one of the nation's largest not-for-profit health systems with more than 2,600 sites of care in 19 states and the District of Columbia and more than 150,000 associates. As you'll hear, Ascension has prioritized health equity and population health initiatives. This work involves many facets, including advancing health equity, improving well-being, and creating generational impact for the communities they serve. For today's episode, you'll hear our colleagues Janet Walker and Roma Sharma speak to three of Ascension's distinguished and dedicated leaders. They are Dr. Stacy Garrett Ray, Senior Vice President and Chief Community Impact Officer, Pam Mitchell Boyd, Senior Director of Abide, which is the Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity Framework, and Nicole Commodore, the Director of Community Impact and Advocacy. Thank you, Pyle and, and Joe, for the introduction. This is Janet Walker. And so pleased to have uh, Dr. Garrett Ray, Nicole, and Pam join us today. Dr. Garrett, we'll we'll start with you as Ascension's leader of community impact and helping address the national framework for addressing health disparities within Ascension. Perhaps to level set with our listeners, would you be able to help define health equity and population health for us? Uh, Sure, Janet. So uh, when we're talking about health equity, and specifically the work that we're doing at Ascension, um, this is is part of who we are and always have been in terms of our mission to really improve the lives of individuals, but also communities, um, so that we all can actually be as healthy and um, thrive as much as we can in any opportunity or any environment that we have. And so our organization has really done a lot of work to think about what is necessary for us to advance health equity and enhance that in terms of the communities that we serve, but also beyond our walls. So when we think about health equity, we're really talking about ensuring that everyone actually has a fair and just opportunity to be as healthy as possible. So when we think about some of those obstacles that get in the way or cause inequities, we really refer to those as disparities. And you'll hear people call talk about health disparities. And that's the difference in terms of those being able to, to receive the care that is necessary, achieve the highest level or where that gap is, I, I would I would describe it. And so when we think about some of those obstacles. Uh, we refer to those most frequently as social determinants of health. And so, you know, whether or not that's having a good job or having equal pay or looking at access to quality education or access to health care or even safe environments where uh, you can work and play and pray, that's not something that is available to everyone. And so, uh, we really focus on how can we address that and think about the health equity in terms of specific 
framework that really focuses on how do we transform our culture to how do we think about access and care and collaborations within the community. This is different uh, from a little bit different from, of course, the population health work, but a lot of it is very similar. So foundationally, population health, uh, you, you think about those that are, are either attributed per se uh, to either the work that you do in your environment or your community or even with your value-based agreements or payers view this population health in terms of management. And that requires that you either know, engage, and manage a population. And, and it's very similar for the community. You got to get into the community in order to know what are some of the, the strengths, what are some of the challenges, what are the needs in order to grow together and achieve health equity. Dr. Garrett Ray, that's really interesting. It sounds like Ascension is truly taking a holistic approach and addressing gaps in, in care and, and disparities that are seen in communities. Could you maybe walk us through some of the specific examples with respect to patient care and what is being done to help manage health equity in populations? So we have adopted the NIH uh, domains in terms of health equity. And so those are really looking at culture, the structure, equitable access to care, also looking at uh, high quality care in addition to our collaborations and partnerships. And so we are using that to allow us to look at the work that we do. And so in terms of culture, it's really important that all of us each and every day are able to come fully in order to be able to take care of those that we serve. And anyone who comes to our door, being able to embrace and be inclusive and identify what are any of those needs that they may have. So that is something that is really important for eliminating disparity. So for us, we're developing unconscious bias training and working closely partnership for our providers, also with Stanford on unconscious bias training. We all have it, but it's really important that we recognize it so that we are able to determine, is this a bias or is this, is this reality that is, is coming into play? And we know that biases impact outcomes in terms of healthcare, whether or not it's with maternal health, which is a priority for us, so reducing the disparities there, looking at diabetes, also thinking about how we manage pain. That is something that we also are going to be working on to take a look at how we can improve. The other is with structure of equity. So for us, this is one of our strategic priorities. We have to make sure that, and our board is holding us accountable to this, uh, that the work that you will hear about uh, with Abide work and, and with our team fully is embraced, but it also includes the work that we do in terms of our quality of care. And as I mentioned, maternal health and diabetes are our core. Uh, for us, it's also capturing the appropriate data so that we can determine where those disparities are. So it's it's one thing to say things anecdotally, but the other thing is the data helps to identify challenges, but it also allows us to determine progress. So putting into place what is necessary to capture uh, race, ethnicity, language, looking at the work that we're doing there, 
And then also looking at equitable access to care. What are we looking at in terms of wait times or PCP visits or ED utilization uh, that potentially we can do in a different area? And then our collaborations and partnerships. So we're really focused on how we partner with our foundation so that one, our strategy as well as our initiatives align and that we're making generational and sustainable impact. Thanks, Dr. Garrett Ray. This is Roma Sharma. Next, let's turn to Pam, who serves as Senior Director in Ascension's Equity and Inclusion Space within a cultural framework called ABIDE, which stands for Appreciation, Belongingness, Inclusivity, Diversity, and Equity. In her role, Pam supports Ascension's executives, forums, and councils in further implementing the equity and inclusion strategy across the organization. Pam, how has Ascension made a commitment to diversity and inclusion? Thank you so much for that question. It it really stems from our foundational ministry identity that comes from our faith-based foundation. It's been heightened since our call to action from our chief executive officer that came back in 2020, which was really a call to action to ensure that we were living out the true values of our organization. And so when you think about ABIDE, and thank you for the uh, highlighting the acronym, it's, it's not a program. It's not a temporary sort of idea about diversity and inclusion. It is a cultural framework. So we use the terms from ABIDE, appreciation, belongingness, inclusivity, diversity, and equity. We don't just say they're, uh, it's an acronym. It is a hallmark of what we do foundationally at Ascension. And so it's important, as Dr. Garrett Ray has mentioned, the health equity piece is tied to equity, that equity in abide in in that hallmark, because we understand that it's important to think about our associates in that continuum of healthcare. So as we provide the best patient care and care for our communities, we understand the critical nature of allowing our associates to bring their whole selves to work. And that equity piece in Abide is experienced when all of our associates are treated fairly and that they can feel able to fully participate in the culture of Ascension. And so with that, we have created Abide councils. We have created listening platforms and dialogue sessions so that we can really understand what our associates need to flourish in the healthcare environment so that they can provide the best healthcare and health outcomes that are possible. So in our framework, we used the the journey as listen, learn, pray, and act. And we spent a great deal of time listening to our associates and understanding the things that they needed most, such as leaders who listen with empathy and act with empathy, leaders who provide psychological safety for associates to come to work and bring their whole selves culturally to work. And so by listening, learning, and praying and acting, we're really getting to to areas around the appropriate habit formation, education, and ensuring that we have a diverse workforce to provide the most uh, culturally competent or with cultural humility, the best care that we can in those areas. 
Pam, thanks so much for providing that overview of the Abide framework. I think that's such an important and interesting point to make sure that associates can bring their full self to work and something that all organizations should strive to allow their associates to do. Back to you, Dr. Garrett Ray. And I also want to include Nicole Commodore on this next question. Nicole is a director in Ascension's Community Impact Department, where she works on critical community health needs and works to address health inequities and disparities through policy, social determinants of health, employee education and training, and community partnerships. Starting with you, Dr. Garrett Ray, has Ascension undertaken other actions to address health equity that may have traction to be scaled nationwide or has undertaken actions that have already been scaled nationwide? Uh, yes, Drama, we have. So, so looking at how we are actually advancing to really diversify our clinician workforce. So thinking about uh, recruitment as well as career development, working in partnerships with also different organizations and some of our HBCUs or historically black colleges and universities, we will be launching a partnership, uh, one specifically to allow us to do multiple things. Uh, one, to look very upstream in terms of middle school students, being able to uh, provide support and interest in terms of uh, STEM education and career development. The others have to deal with how we start to engage our medical students. And so we will be launching a partnership, more to come on that in a couple of months with a national launch that we'll have uh, but doing clinical rotations within uh, our Ascension uh, ministries and also being able to engage uh, with also, as I stated, the recruitment process. So we are working in that area. So working with education and training. So as I had mentioned, uh, with the unconscious bias training, we have partnered uh, with Stanford for our unconscious bias training with providers really to make sure that one, uh, we all are able to identify and hopefully provide our, our providers with tools so we can reduce unconscious bias, which we know does have an impact on care. Some of the other things which Pam has spoken about too was with Abide and having the dialogue sessions with clinicians. And then also areas that I know Nicole will talk about a little bit later have to deal with how we are educating about uh, being able to identify with those that we serve, um, just the information in terms of data capture with race, ethnicity, ancestry and language, as well as sexual orientation and gender identity. Again, it's really important to be able, and it's, become, it's a priority for us to be able to prioritize the identification and monitoring of disparities. And you have to be able to know and um, you know who we serve. So we are doing that. We also have a commitment to our environmental sustainability. So for us, it's important to create healthy uh, communities that are really focused on the relationship between sustainability and the social determinants of health. And this aligns with our mission, Ascension, which is really to sustain and improve the health of individuals that we serve. So those are some of the areas that we're working on currently. That's right, Dr. Gary Ray. I just wanted to also add in terms of that data capture, which is so important on so many levels. Um, for us, we at Ascension have, have had a big prioritization of making a bigger commitment 
to accurate and standard uh, data capture. So really looking at those demographics of race, ethnicity, and language, and also looking at uh, SOGI, uh, which is sexual orientation and gender identity, and making sure when we're collecting information from patients during check-in and admission uh, process, we're able to give them personalized targeted care. So if it's accurate, if our associates know why it's important to collect this information and we're giving comprehensive, compassionate care, then we're able to also look at root causes that's going back to uh, social determinants of health or other health equity issues. So data capture is a huge importance at Ascension and really uh, making sure it's accurate across the board. And one of the areas too that we have seen just recently with the CMS's Innovation Center taking a, a, a renewed focus if with their October 2021 strategic refresh. It's interesting that that strategic refresh focuses very strongly around health equity and reducing disparities, in particular in the area of value-based care and looking at implementing new value-based care models that focus on reducing disparities specifically. In fact, uh, just recently, the Innovation Center announced a new model called the ACO REACH model with a focus on health equity and in, in fact requires the submission of a health equity plan to address these issues. So just curious as well, Dr. Garrett, Ray, and, and Nicole, what you're um, doing specifically at Ascension in the space of value-based care to address health equity. So with Value-based care, I mean, it, it, there are a few things that, you know, you think about and, and actually the community impact work that we're doing is, I, I would describe that in many cases as providing hopefully value to the community. Being that, one, we want to be able to help in any way that we can to be able to identify, like, what are some of the challenges that we have in terms of outcomes? How can we make sure that we're providing the care that's necessary and looking at the social determinants of health, um, as well as thinking about, you know, in terms of value-based care, one of the key components is cost, um, too. And although many times we don't discuss that as much with community as opposed to value-based, it is very important when you think about where we are in healthcare. Uh, rising costs are not sustainable, and um, but access to care, equity to ensure that we all are able to receive high quality care and have in reduced disparities in life expectancy is what something that I think we all want to be able to achieve. So again, with value-based care and what we do in the community, really the foundation is really population health management. How do you know, engage, and and manage um, and provide resources to address social determinants of health. So there's there is that alignment because when you think about I'm a I'm a primary care doc um, by trade. A patient will be with me if you're seeing me every three months, maybe 15 to 20 minutes, right? Um, so that equates to maybe an hour out of your life. But there's so many other factors that do impact the way that care is being provided and outcomes. And so you have to be able to identify, for instance, David Smith comes to see me and is a diabetic. If I'm not taking care of the fact that Ms. Smith doesn't have transportation or fresh fruit or access to safe environments or options to help her with her care or options in terms of 
um, increasing potentially her education and her employment options, then sometimes that goal to have controlled diabetes doesn't feel like it's always in reach. And so the community impact work is helping us to think about how we can transform and wrap our arms around Ms. Smith and others very similar to her, which ultimately will help us to enhance the outcomes and the experience as we all are able to come fully and hopefully reduce uh, the use of places where we have crisis care, usually people coming to our EDs as opposed to primary care. So there's complete alignment with the work that we're doing as well as value-based delivery. I think I'll also add with value-based care models, uh, such a big focus, as Dr. Garrett Ray has already mentioned, is on the quality and the outcome measures. And in order to get there, you need to know what is your population? What are we dealing with here? And for Ascension, we're mainly safety net hospitals. We're in the community. If you have nowhere else to go, you can come to one of our facilities and we will take care of you in the most with compassionate, personalized care. And with that, we, by knowing our population, we need to make sure we're capturing, this is again, going back to that data component, patient demographics so it can better to help create that personalized care. I think a lot of times, and we see this in the industry in general, data capture can be iffy sometimes. You know, you can have people, it's not consistent across the board. That's due to several uh, reasonings from actual barriers that may be real or perceived. You have inconsistent data guidance for us to collect the data. Cultural competency training is lacking, or people just might not have the time to, or resources to do proper uh, data collection. So that's why, again, why we've done such a big push at Ascension and to make sure all of our associates that are patient-facing associates understands the importance, why it's connected back to health equity, and disparities, um, why that capture is so important, and then how do you do it appropriately, making sure you know, you're know you answering the questions, asking the questions in an appropriate manner. You're not offending anyone when you're asking these uh, personal questions about their the, the demographics, and then making sure they know we're doing that in order to give them personalized, targeted care for their personal experiences and um, conditions that they might be going through. So when we're looking at our value-based care models, going back to the really going back to the data is our a big focus with us to, to capture in an accurate format. And given to the the importance of this work, Nicole, I know a key function of of your role is from an advocacy standpoint. So, what role has the advocacy element played as it relates to advocating for changes in this space? Yes, definitely. For advocacy, is a big component at Ascension. Uh, we have our office in Washington, D.C., right up on Cap- near Capitol Hill. And one thing, when we're advocating or opposing certain policies, it's always in the lens or a viewpoint of our patients as, as well as the communities we serve. So we're always looking at policies to support that's increasing quality uh, access to vulnerable populations. Policies is working to end uh, racial and ethnic disparities. We want to improve cultural competency amongst our uh, staff members is also to make make sure our staff is diverse and we have a diverse workforce. So th- those are some of the areas that we uh, value highly and really advocate for on a direct level when we're on Capitol Hill or in our local uh, state markets. You know, we're in states across the country. And when we're going to the weather's capitals or Washington, D.C., we want to make sure it has the lens on that on those particular focus areas. I also say community engagement is a big component of advocacy, and we feel like they are hand in hand. They're one in the same in a lot of ways. When we are advocating 
in building relationships in our communities, we're able to discuss issues with our community leaders in order to see what are these health issues that are coming up for your communities, what disparities, and then we try to um, target it by supporting policies that affect that work. So right now, our big focus, particularly in the SDOH space with social determinants, uh, we're looking at what policies can help us to move that, that needle a little bit forward. For example, in our HR space, we know COVID, the pandemic, a lot of vacancies out there in terms of job vacancies. And that's also the same for healthcare, the healthcare industry. We have a ton of openings for medical assistance, certified surgical techs, certified pharmacy techs. And we, we want to feel them. We want to provide these opportunities. And so we're saying, you know, if we work in the process of developing a career development program, we want to find individuals that are eager to get into this field, might not know how, might not have the exposure or education to have high paying, great uh, jobs and stable careers. And we'll, we'll train you in these positions for free and provide positions for you after you finish the training in order to hopefully that, you know, that's going back to job creation and opportunity. And that's going back to trying to address SDOH. We know most of your, our, your health outcomes is not based on health, but it's actually all these other factors from education and housing and employment. Um, so that's one way we want to make sure we have some advancement for our communities. We're working to impact generational impact and, and wealth in the communities we serve by helping with the employment crisis. So with that, policies right now, right on Capitol Hill, we have the Pathways to Health Careers Act, and that's in the Senate and House, and that's looking, uh, providing grant funding to organizations like Ascension that's willing to provide employment opportunities for low-income individuals, particularly if they're TANF recipients, and allow them to get into the healthcare field and have a new career for themselves. So supporting funding for that, and then also a low-income housing tax credit funding. Um, that's also in the House and Senate, uh, trying to get more funding for that to have more affordable homes on um, in the marketplace in the next 10 years, hopefully 2 million more, the funding gets passed for the, the, uh, those two bills. With that, Ascension has been focusing a lot in housing, particularly in our Michigan market. Uh, we're working a partnership with Catholic Charities there to uh, provide permanent supportive housing for individuals that were previously homeless and also low-income housing. So that's another project we're partnering on. And the low-income housing tax credit, we apply for, uh, for that as well to help with the funding process. So that, that's another way we can support uh, more policies that are out there that will hopefully affect our patients, not just we want to make you healthy and strong, but also those other social determinants of health factors that affecting uh, health outcomes. Thanks, Nicole. It was really interesting to hear about the areas of policy focus, especially about employment opportunities and the link there between employment opportunities and health equity, social determinants of health, and generational impact. Our last question here, I wanted to turn to all three of you. It's the million-dollar question. How can we all make an impact in this area going forward? We'll start with you, Dr. Garrett Ray, and then move to Pam, and then finally, Nicole. So in order to make an impact, I, I would say, one, it, it takes all of us to do, to come fully as individuals, to be able to think about how we can come fully, how we can come and address everyone, be able to look at what are some of the things that I can do in my space that potentially do have an impact in terms of improving the lives of others. So whether or not it is about being able to identify when you see that there are disparities in areas, 
And the disparities may be just because you're looking at a report and can say, listen, I see a difference in terms of what's going on with diabetes, or I see a difference in terms of employment or education, or it could be that you are, you know, into policy and thinking with the lens of, of how can I create this to be equitable and just? That is what we have to do each and every day to try to make a difference in terms of the delivery of care, as well as understanding that in order for us to, to do what we can within not only the communities that we serve, but those that are either around us or some of them may not be where our organizations actually support, it's being able to think about how to identify the voice and listen to the voice of the community and how to build partnerships. Because this takes a village to, to, to be able to um, manage and we're all needing, needing to come together to move that needle. We cannot do it alone. So I'd say come fully as, as ourselves, but also how can we push and drive and advocate for health equity in any environment, any table that we're in. I agree, Dr. Garrett Ray. I think the way that we can encourage human dignity and the flourishing of our community starts with us as individuals. And it's really important in our abide framework to listen to stories, to understand the stories of the associates that work in our in our sites of care in order for us to ensure that we are able to bring the best environment of care to our patients in our communities. And so a story really helps to highlight what an associate might be going through. A good example of that is a story that we heard about one of our associates who was fasting because of Ramadan and how that impacts his daily work and his journey throughout the day. And that story was so powerful that the rest of his associates that he worked with decided to go on that fasting for one day with him to understand what that experience was like. Another example is a simple thing like name pronunciation. Our Abide framework is really intentional about understanding the importance of calling someone by their name that they prefer. And so how that allows for a person to come to work and flourish and feel that sense of human dignity really has a tangible impact on health outcomes. And then finally, one of the other examples that we, uh, we have encouraged uh, through our Abide framework that is more patient-facing is about connecting with our suppliers to provide in our hospitals, hair and skincare products that are that support people of color. And so that not only encourages the understanding of cultural humility, but it also encourages aspects of supplier diversity that um, enhances our community impact as well. So there's so many pieces to this that I think foundationally really starts with the encouragement and highlighting uh, the importance of human dignity. And I would say uh, being in DC and being in the policy space, I think, you know, to really have some advancement, uh, we have to pay for it. We have to make it attractive for uh, hospitals and insurers and 
and other entities that make up health, the healthcare industry to actually see that trying to achieve health equity will reduce will lower costs uh, ultimately because we're already paying you for it one way or another. And focusing on SBOA to really try to make a person um, healthy in the long run and, and reduce costs overall. So we can make more advancements to connect in the policy and payment perspective. I think that's huge. I think you see, you know, recently, past couple of years, MA plans now started having more flexibility um, and their Medicare Advantage plans start having more flexibility to offer benefits uh, to make uh, seniors live more independently longer in their homes and you get payment for those kind of uh, changes. So you'll get supplemental benefits. Uh, to cover, help cover individuals' food costs or making structural uh, changes to their home to allow them to live there longer or for transportation costs. So, and for actually able to offer people, incentivize people to actually focus on these areas, you'll get more people to make it more of a, a serious priority. And then we can spread that uh, to, to greater lengths into more uh, health systems and ultimately affect more of our community. So I think just, you know, from government, from the CMS side, government payer side, really just paying for people to focus on SDOH is another way to uh, really make an effort in this space. Those were all excellent points. Thank you so much for that. I think bringing humanity to conversations and recognizing the humanity in others is, is so important, like you all are saying, and tying it to policies is, of course, an important part of that as well. What a great note to conclude this podcast on. Thank you all so much for your time. As we've talked about today, reducing health disparities and achieving health equity, particularly among disadvantaged groups, is so important. It's been wonderful to hear about the attention and resources Ascension has directed towards that goal and the various initiatives and efforts Ascension is currently engaged in to move the needle forward. Not only that, but you've left us with some great food for thought on what we can all do to make an impact in this space. Thanks again for your time. Payers, Providers, and Patients Oh My is a podcast brought to you by Kroll & Mooring LLP. You can find more information at kroll.com slash healthcare podcast. Mm-hmm.